You're listening to St. Pius X Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Don't ever say that Father Brady never chooses the short option, okay? You've got it today. And I love the first line where Jesus responds to the Sadducees and says, the children of this age marry and remarry, but those who are deemed worthy to attain the coming age and to the resurrection of the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. And I imagine for some of you out there, um, maybe your heart rejoices in that. Um, maybe some of you are like, oh, I'd, it's kind of funny in marriage prep, with our young couples, I oftentimes get the question, you know, Father, um, will we know each other in heaven? Of course, my response is, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a mystery. I don't know. But it, I also, in marriage prep, I, I said, whatever's going to make you happiest is what God's going to give to you. That's what heaven's all about. And then I have to do blessings, you know, in uh, 50, 60. I've even done a 75-year blessing for weddings and marriages, and they ask the same question. Father, you know, well, we know each other when we get to heaven, but it's kind of a different tone. Like the young ones are like, we want to be together forever. And the ones with those long anniversaries are kind of like, well, can I at least go to the other side of the room? I mean, 75 years is a long time. Can I get a little break? To both of them, the same answer, whatever makes you happy. And that's the same, by the way, with every, uh, sacrament of service, I would call them holy orders the same way. You know, I guess maybe sometimes I look forward to Jesus taking care of everything without my help, you know. But as we think of this end of the year, and we're moving towards what will become a very distracting time, Thanksgiving and then the holidays and all the preparation and all the glitz and all of those things, we are called assuredly, to focus on things that maybe aren't as pleasant, not as fun to look at. And so, as I've told you guys the last few weeks, we focus now on the four last things, and we had All Saints Day, which was heaven, we had All Souls Day, which was purgatory, we're the church militant, we're the church militant, and so we think of the fact that we are going to have judgment at some point. So we talk about heaven today in, in a couple of places. Obviously, Jesus talking about being like angels, our responsorial psalm, very much about our joy being full and the wonders of heaven. We know that there's a hell. Uh, there couldn't be love if there were not a hell. Sometimes that rumor gets out, an all-merciful God would never send anybody to hell, and that would be correct. wouldn't send us, but we send ourselves. We choose it. We choose our separation from God. And so there is one, there cannot be a heaven or love without hell because we wouldn't have any freedom if we weren't free to choose to reject God. And so obviously we have both of those. We know about death. Point over to the Marian altar. We had our All Souls Day Memorial Mass. We're praying for those from our community and their loved ones who face judgment this year, we would say over the last year. Uh, those who we miss and they're at the title of our Mother of Consolation over there. Uh, but the reality hit them, obviously, this year. My parents both experienced it in the last four or five years. 
And we all know that all of us will one day, you know, be the center of attention at a funeral. And so we're, look at judgment today. And that's what our first reading is about. And that first reading, it's the PG version. It's the PG version. We know that we have a, a lot of little ones here. I don't want to scare anybody. And I try to keep it in that realm. But for those of you who can, go read the whole thing. Go read the whole thing. It's truncated. Go read it. When you read it, you will cringe if you have any heart in you and probably cry if you really think about what is being said and what is going on. But there is the boldness of faith that is shown by those sons and the mother. And we have to look at them and admire them. Seems to me they were ready for judgment. Seems to me they were. And the question becomes for us, you know, are we ready for judgment? Are we really? Just reading this snippet would tell me God, give me another year. I need, I got work to do. Now, I know that God gives us the grace we need for whatever situation we are confronted with. Absolutely. But are we really ready for judgment? And our bar is different than those men in the first reading and the mother. Our bar is not only to follow the law, but it's also to love while doing it. And so our measuring stick are the stations of the cross that hang around our church to love as Christ loved. And over the course of the year, we have talked about discipleship and a few things maybe we want to put together. Uh, the first is that discipleship, God's love, is always there. Look at Paul's that second reading. He encourages us, he strengthens us, he gives us the hope that we need in order to grow closer to him. And so we know that God is with us. However, when we talk about discipleship as we have, God's love is unconditional. His mercy is not. It comes with conditions, beginning with forgiving others, beginning love your enemies, turn the other cheek. I can go on and on and on. A lot of really tough stuff for us to really live in a world that is not particularly friendly to Christian values or doesn't necessarily reward them. And so we remember that there are conditions. The measuring bar is Christ. And now we have to hopefully look at ourselves as we come to the end of the year and ask that question. Are we ready for judgment? Are we ready for judgment? In a very serious way, in a recollected way, in a way that we measure ourselves against the love of Christ. And if we don't do that, then we miss an opportunity because the hope is towards this time of year when we focus on the four last things is to remember the supernatural virtue of hope. It is not just a desire to go to heaven. It is not just an action of the heart and a feeling or a desire. The supernatural virtue of hope is a priority. Where does God live in our life? First or not? And if not, then we got work to do. The supernatural virtue of hope is not spoken about enough. And both readings, they talk about first and third, I guess, or 
first and second reading about the hope that they have, the men who are acting. Paul has hope for the others who he's writing to, and of course there's men. We have the hope of the resurrection. Where is our true hope? Because like I said, be easy, and I've asked this question a few times in the past. I've asked this times, I said, if I ask the congregation, okay, who wants to go to heaven? Everybody would raise their hand. I would raise my hand. I'd be the first up. Yes. That's not hard. But when we look at the details of what it takes to make the path to heaven, that's when we begin to go, whoa, I'm not ready for that yet. I'm not willing to go there. That's a little bit more, more than I can give even if I believe that God is calling me to give. I'm gonna live my life the way I wanna live my life. Remember, we're free. And so as we come to the end of the year, we have to do that honest reflection of seeing where we don't measure up. And then hopefully we put ourselves in a position as we come to the end of the year, we'll celebrate Christ as our King saying, that's the ideal. Recognizing that we're a work in progress. And then we'll begin Advent preparing for the coming of Christ at Christmas, a change in our hearts, a conversion, making us better and more in Christ's image and likeness. So we don't wanna waste these last few weeks of the year in the beginning of Advent just to go to Christmas. You know, when we think of many who are not here for Christmas and Easter, and it's obvious, you know, our churches get very, very full at Christmas and Easter, right? So they come for the beginning of the movie, and they come to the end of the movie, they kind of miss everything in between. If you ever done that, sometimes you wonder, what does that ending mean, right? I didn't catch that. I didn't understand that. Let's not be like that. You guys are here. You guys are here every week. Let's make sure we engage in a way that has a solid examination of conscience, a solid examination understanding of who we are. Remember, we talked about humility a lot in this journey of discipleship. That's putting yourself in a position to receive God's grace. And what were the three elements? God is God. We take orders from him. He's the one that shows us the way. He knows best even if we don't understand. That we are helpless. That we can't become holy by ourselves. We need his help in order to live in his image and likeness and to get better and truly happy. And third, that we are sinners. We're sinners. We fail. And we need God's mercy in order to be able to have our sins forgiven and to give us more than we could ever hope or desire, more than we deserve. And if we put ourselves in that position, when we put ourselves in a position to let God strengthen us through his grace, continue his work in us, and bring us hopefully to the words that we want to hear at the end of our lives here when we face judgment. Well done, good and faithful servant. We also heard the scariest words in sacred scripture, which we don't want to hear. When Jesus says, I don't know who you are. On which path are we going? And that assessment, that honest assessment, allows us to hopefully become better. And like I said, to hear the wonderful words at the end of our lives here, welcome into my kingdom, experience the joy that I have prepared for you.